I'd like to tell you about the strangest secret in the world. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. received orders for to sail back to Boston. So never more shall we see you again. You're listening to A Mind Revolution, leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. Hey there, everybody, this is P.T. Pop on A Mind Revolution. Welcome back, and thanks for downing me low. Downing me load. Downloading me, I love that little speech that Robert Shaw gives in Jaws. I just happened to find a recording of that. I guess it's it's an Irish sea shanty or something Scottish or Irish. And I just love it. I get shivers when I hear it. I love Robert Shaw. I'm part Scottish and Irish and Welsh. And sometimes I feel as if I'm meant to be back back in my homeland of England even though I'm born here here in here in the United States I'm drawn to Great Britain for some reason in my heart and my soul my soul of souls so today uh, is for me I'm recording this on Saturday November 27th at 3:24 p.m. in the afternoon here in the United States I want to thank each and every one of you who have downloaded my podcast. I recently reached 5,000 downloads overall for my podcast. And for me, that's a significant milestone, and I appreciate all of you who listen. I know I have quite a few of you who listen in Great Britain, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I have another channel on YouTube, which is just called PT Pop, where I talk about suffering the suffering of working in a call center, the dismal corporate experience working in a corporate call center environment. And many of my listeners are from Ireland and from England, you know, and London and things like that. And uh, that's a channel I'd like to have you listen to. It's just go to youtube.com forward slash PT pop. Listen to that um, or watch. Watch my videos where I talk about how horrible it is to work in a call center, the dismal um, working conditions of working in a call center. It's a modern-day sweatshop. Um, For those of you that don't know me, I am an award-winning film director. I just finished my first film this last May, and the film is called The Artist, a Documentary. In this film, I basically try to illustrate how hard it is to be a fine artist in this day and age in com- when you're in competition with the digital the digital market and the internet 
in social media and if it's if it's even possible to make a living as an artist. I'm also an author, songwriter, photographer, and all-around great guy. I uh, I've written several novellas. If you hear weird sounds in the background, my dog Eli's in here with me, and he is licking his. Uh, what are you licking? He's chewing on his back foot. So that's not me doing anything weird. That's my dog, Eli, chewing on his foot. Anyway, I've written several novellas, and one right now is taken off quite nicely. It's called Breathe, John Lennon, A Conspiracy to Murder. And this is a book of fiction where I make up the story where John Lennon faked his own death. And I, and I think it would be funny. Wouldn't it be funny if Elvis is really dead, even though everybody thinks they see him everywhere. And Jim Jim Morrison is really dead, even though everyone thinks they've seen him all around. But John Lennon is really alive, that his whole death was a hoax because he wanted to escape and live the life he truly was meant to live prior to becoming a Beatle. Speaking of the Beatles, um, I recently um, signed up for Disney Plus so I could watch the Get Back documentary by Peter Jackson, and um, I'm I'm done. I'm through the first episode, about three quarters of the way through the second episode, and I'm going to do a commentary on this on my YouTube channel, which is PT Pop, because it's um it's been it's been marketed to the general public as being an alternative to the Let It Be film that was released in 1969 or seven, 1970 as being the happy version of Let It Be. It's just happy. The guys are just having fun in the studio, and they're just clicking heels and snapping their fingers, and they're making music, and the G. Willikers had so much fun for the Beatles. I don't see that. I don't see that in this film. And uh, for those of you who haven't been in a band, or like many people I know have never played an instrument and have never been in a band, you don't know how hard it is to get three or four or five guys and gals together to try to get them on the same page creatively and there's egos involved and there's a lot of resentment and there can be frustration and they go over all that in this film they show how the Beatles um, had a lot of problems with one another but I'm going to cover that at another time but um, my book Breathe John Lennon Conspiracy to Murder is for sale on Amazon along with two of my other books Press One for Murder these are all books of fiction Press One for Murder is about a guy that works in a call center and uh, a variety of his local customers in the city he lives in start turning up dead and the local police think that he's killing his customers. And then I've got a book called Small, which is about a guy who's in, who just turned 50. His wife just left, left him and he lost his job and um, he gets to travel back in time because he really, he wishes, he desperately wishes he was 10 years old again so he could go back to an age and time where he could be happy once again. And he meets a gypsy hooker who puts a spell on him and he gets to travel back in time to be in the age of 10. So that's that's my shameless self-promotion. I don't know if I put and push my button on here for the shameless self-promotion. No, I don't think I did. No, I don't even have it here on my um, on my fancy button machine. My Roland, my Roland, uh, Road, Road, Roadcaster Pro, not Roland, Roadcaster Pro. 
Um, I, I uh, just released a documentary. I just won several awards for my new documentary called The Artist a Documentary, where I um, talk about artists and the lives of artists. And I'm working on a brand new documentary. I don't know when it's going to be released. I just started filming it in May. And this film is about the effects of having two alcoholic parents I've had on me as a kid, what they had, the effects it had on me as a kid, and how those effects of growing up with two alcoholic parents have affected me as an adult. It's a, it's a serious topic, and um, I think it's a topic a lot of people don't talk about. I'm willing to put it out there, tell you what happened to me as a kid, and I'm willing to tell you what, how it's affected me emotionally, emotionally and mentally as an adult. And to this very day, I'm still affected by um, my upbringing by two alcoholic parents. I'm excited about it, believe it or not, because I think it's a really important message, and I think it's really important that each of us get to talk about things in our lives that society tells us to keep our mouth shut up. You know, society tells us to keep our mouth shut about our drunken parents or our addicted parents or our addicted brothers and sisters and people that have ruined our lives. And have done things that are um, unhealthy for everybody involved. And no, this isn't a movie where I'm going to blame my parents for a bunch of stuff. But there are some side effects and residual effects that their drinking and my upbringing has had on me as, as a grown man. So that'll be coming out soon. Soon, 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 my friends. Well, my topic today is... You are, you, each and every one of you listening to this, you are the truth. And a friend of mine just told me that I sounded depressed when I began to disclose to her my point of view regarding the world we live in. And I told her that, you know, most things that in our society, in Western civilization, that we're raised to, to strive for, the things we're we're taught to reach out for and strive for things we're told we're going to that are going to make us happy here in America it's strive for the american dream strive to make money lots of money you're meant to have be wealthy you're meant to have a brand new car with 2.5 kids a golden retriever and a little picket white bungalow little bungalow with a picket white fence out front with nice neighbors and just cut the grass on the weekends and you have barbecues and you're having fun and you're having a couple of beers and everything is just peachy keen. And you're supposed to have kids and the kids are supposed to grow up healthy and happy and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and they're supposed to run off and go to college and click their heels and magically work in the, in the corporate world. It's that easy. And you're supposed to go find a job that makes you fulfilled and happy. And you're supposed to find a woman. If you're a man, you're supposed to find a woman that's gorgeous, has a perfect body, and is a complete whore in the bedroom. That's what you're supposed to look for. And as a woman, you're supposed to find a man that's strong, and he's endurable, and he's sensitive, and he's going to protect you and the children. He's going to raise you, and he's going to be flexible enough to allow you to have your own job and let you have a car. And I say let you. That's still, it's still a very sexist country we live in. And you're supposed to, you're supposed to be independent as a woman in this country. And you're supposed to go out and get the same things a man has now too. If you don't have the husband, you're supposed to be strong as a woman. And you're supposed to be independent and able to become president or become an accountant or become an attorney. And you're supposed to be able to dress how you want to dress without being looked at as a sex, as a sex icon or a sex symbol. 
You're supposed to have this perfect body as a woman. The men are allowed to be fat and sloppy. And it doesn't really matter. Everything in this country is... You're, you're brought, brought up to believe that there's magical creatures that live in the clouds that are watching over your every move. The magical man in the clouds is watching you. And if you make one move that he doesn't like, you're going to be cast in a fiery pit of lava. And you'll burn for eternity. You're raised, you're raised to believe all this stuff. Fairy tales. Legends. You're supposed to look up to all these people, these rock stars and movie stars and authors that don't, don't know their ass in the hole in the ground, most of these people. And now, now you throw into the mix, you throw social media into it and the internet. And before you know it, not only are you trying to live this life that society tells you you should live, you're obsessed, like I used to be, looking at people's Facebook accounts and their Instagram accounts, looking at their lives going, oh, they're living the perfect life and I don't have that life. I'm not sitting on the on a can beach in Cancun with a hot toddy in my hand, my feet up, you know, on a stool while Jeeves brings me my food. You know, and now we're competing. We're not only competing with these impossible images we're supposed to obtain, these, these impossible lifestyles we're supposed to have. We're now competing with everybody else, the guy down the block, your best friend from high school, the girl you used to date that's now married to someone else living in a warmer you know, climate. And what I've been saying on here all along on this podcast is to start questioning everything. I'm not asking each and every one of you to be paranoid. No. I'm asking you to rationally sit back in your chair. Sit back in your chair and go, hmm, I wonder if my ex-girlfriend who has the gorgeous boyfriend is really happy. I see pictures of her on Twitter where she's out in some tropical island on vacation. But are the two of them really happy? You don't know. I mean, what I've found is most people I meet are not particularly happy. They're struggling through their day. They're slogging through their day, trying to make ends meet, put food on the table, and keep a roof over their own head or a family's head. They're trying to pay the bills. They're trying to find somebody that can gratify them sexually and mentally and emotionally. And that's a tall order to give somebody. I mean, in the movies and Hollywood, they, they always make it seem like right around the corner is that next true love. Tom Hanks walks down the street and he bumps into his true love just by chance in the quarter of, you know, 85th Street in Fairfax in downtown New York City. There she is. Oh, the love of his life just bumps right into him. And, they, you know, I don't know if there's a movie like that with Tom Hanks. I'm just throwing his name out there. But they make it seem like you're meant to have true love. You're meant to have happiness. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be happily ever after. There's all these impossible things. And I don't know anybody that has this. And I, I often wonder, does anybody have it? I mean, I don't have happily ever after. And, and no one in this country or in this world teaches you how to deal with disasters or with death or with consequences that you weren't expecting. Nobody teaches you how to do that. I've had people not real close to me, but people I knew fairly well just recently die. 
of heart conditions or one person died of COVID. Um, I've had people die of all sorts of things and, you know, nobody, there's, nobody's ever sat down with me and said, Hey, you know, uh, one day your mother's going to die. How are you going to deal with it? You know, and when my mother died, I wasn't expecting that. My mother died in 1992. She had been sick for almost six years with emphysema. And never once did I think she was going to die. She seemed fine. She knew she was going to die. I didn't know she knew she was going to die. The doctor must have told her what to expect when things started getting worse with her body. But one day she was gone. I went, oh, crap, mom's dead. (laughs) I I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I wasn't expecting it at all. I just was going on with life like everything was okay. And she put on a stiff upper lip. She never complained. She never complained about her condition. Occasionally she did voice some concerns about how hard it was to get around and certain um, parts of her life that weren't weren't good anymore, but she didn't ever say, oh, I'm, I'm sick and I'm going to die and oh, woe is me. She wasn't like that. She's a very strong lady. Very strong lady. But I wasn't expecting it. And people don't prepare you for that stuff. And what, what I'm saying here is when I say you are the truth, each and every one of you that listens to this, you're dependent upon so many things for your happiness. You're dependent upon the government to make you happy. You're dependent upon, you know, the magical man in the clouds to make you happy and to bring you truth. You're waiting for uh, a certain president or a governor or whoever to bring you happiness. You want somebody to bring you peace. You want somebody to to medicate you. And when I told my friend this, she said, well, you know what? If you don't believe, it sounds like you're depressed. She said, it sounds like you don't believe in any of this stuff anymore. It sounds like you're depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm the furthest thing from it. It can be depressing when you wake up from the dream, when you wake up from the fantasy land that they've put you in as a society, and you wake up and go, oh, it's all bullshit. They they get you chasing your tail, and once you stop chasing your tail, and you're no longer dizzy from spinning around, and you're standing on your own two feet, and you're like, oh, I was chasing my tail, and there was never a chance I was going to catch it. They had me chasing my tail. You're like, oh, it's all bullshit. Now what do I do? The depressing part is how do you go forward after you realize that everything you've been trying to achieve and strive for isn't is a lie. And she thought I sounded depressed. I wasn't depressed. I see the world completely differently now. And this is what I say. I say that once you separate yourself from the dream, from the fantasy, you get to step back and watch the circus. You do. You get to step, sit back and watch the circus. You're no longer part of the circus. You're no longer part of, or you're no, no longer part of the asylum. And one thing I've said to each and every one of you is once you separate yourself from social media, news media, late night talk shows, and the internet, it is blissful. I have not watched the late night news, national news media. I have not watched Saturday Night, Saturday night Live or any of the late night talk show hosts since President Trump was running for office. So it's been about six years since I've watched any of those things. And it's blissful. It's absolutely blissful because all those people were doing was getting me upset. They were all had an agenda. It was a corporate-sponsored agenda to push, push, push against President Trump, 
or push, push, push for President Biden or push, push, push anti-guns, push, push, push this. It's all it's all run by corporate sponsors and, and sponsorships. It's all orchestrated. All of the news anchors, all the all the people you see on TV have gone to coaches. They have coaches. They have drama coaches. They have drama teachers that show them how to look sincerely into the camera when there's a sad story coming or look happy when there's a happy story coming or look concerned when there was an earthquake in San Francisco. You know, it's, it's all a show. It's all a circus. And when you get to detach yourself from it, it is freaking amazing. I'm telling you the truth, man. I'm telling you the, the truth. I no, no, I'm not in, I'm not happy all the time. But I can tell you this, my overall mood, my overall mental attitude has improved exponentially since I stopped watching TV and stopped tuning into all the news news stories. And if I do happen to see one, I, I, criti- I critically look at it and go, I wonder why they're talking about this. I wonder why. And so, so recently there was that... Um, lunatic who drove into a bunch of people on a christmas parade and killed a bunch of people with his suv you know the, you know in the old days and in journalism in general you're not supposed to have an opinion about the story you're telling you're not supposed to say that's an awful that was an awful thing that happened to those people you're just supposed to say and now here's a story about an suv that plowed through some people and killed them here are the facts and only the facts and the other night in the news i happened to see the story and I think it was a CBS news anchor, dark-haired lady, national lady. And I, as I said, I just don't watch news, but I happened to just have that station on. It was when, when it was on, and I was analyzing it as she spoke. And she, she tells us this story of these people that died. She goes, that, that is a tragic, a tragic story. What a tragedy. And she was just trying to, she was trying to push a narrative. I mean, it's obvious that it's, it's a tragedy, but she was trying to reinforce it. Because there's an agenda behind the person that that killed the people, the person that ran everybody over had an agenda, uh, either for for one one crazy group or another. I don't know what it was, but now they're they're trying to push an agenda, and they all had an opinion on the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. You know, many of them said, "Well, we have a long way to go in our justice system." If that was the verdict, you're not supposed to push a narrative. But they're corporate sponsored, they're corporate owned, and they're told what to say and how to say it. But what I say to you is once you separate yourself from social media, the news media, late night talk shows, the internet, anything that you find upsetting or disturbing, you're going to find more peace in your life. I mean, this is, here, I'm going to give you an example as to what, what it's like in today's world with all the news media and everything you listen to. And then I'm going to tell you what it's like when you stop listening to it here, just check this out. From NBC News World Headquarters in New York, this is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Oh, the many hard days ahead it is i think especially this planet is threatened with destruction cbs news in dallas texas three shots were fired at president kennedy's motor erectile dysfunction treatment that can work up to 36 hours
TV shows they just pour it into your head constantly and you're surrounded by it now there's no escaping unless you turn it all off but listen to this listen to how quiet it is now isn't that nice that quietness oh it's so calming when I divorced myself from all of it my anxiety decreased my blood pressure improved. I began to lose weight. You see, they they want to distract you from the peace by filling your head with all the noise that they possibly can so they can control you. Because you're the truth. You're the answer. You're the answer to, to the peace that we all so desperately want. It doesn't come in the form of a Gucci purse. It doesn't come in the form of a, of a BMW. It doesn't come in the form of a porn star, you know, riding you like a wild bronco. Excuse me. It doesn't come in the form of a big bank account. None of this stuff brings you peace, but they want you to think it does. They want you mad at each other, your church, the police, politicians, movie stars, Instead of getting mad at who actually controls the country and the world. They don't want you to know that you were the truth. They don't want you to know that you control things, that you are in charge. You're in charge, number one, of you. And you can help each other out. Each of us should have each other's backs no matter what. They don't want that. They want you dependent upon their remedies to ease the pain. They create the pain. And then they give you the remedies. What this does is they keep this keeps you compliant and docile, and it keeps them rich. Think about the pain they create, the mental anguish they create by making you watch all these news stories that you have no control over whatsoever. None of us can do anything about Kyle Rittenhouse. None of us can do anything about Joe Biden. None of us can do anything about the past President Trump. None of us can do anything about abortion and all this stuff that they constantly bombard us with. Bombard us about health care, health care, abortion. Oh my God, run for the hills, be scared. So what do they do? They create an environment that's filled with pain and anguish. And then they say, if you buy this car, have this house and this kind of girlfriend, the pain will go away. You'll be happy. You'll be happily ever after. You'll be living the American dream. Yes, you too can live the American dream. They are drug dealers. They create the pain so we continue to numb ourselves with the products and goods that we don't need. We get more and more frustrated as they buy more and more We get more and more frustrated as we buy more and more of what they sell us. And 
until that new car smell wears off. You know how new car smells when you first buy it? First couple of weeks, it just smells great. Then that, that new car smell is over. It's gone. And then we're miserable again. We're miserable, miserable, just miserable fuckers. And we want something else to ease the pain. And they're right there to give us the remedy to the pain. Within a year of buying my new car, they were on the phone with me. Hey, you want to buy another one? I know your car's only only one year old, but we'll give you 19000 for your old car to buy a new car. I'm like, what? I just I literally just bought this car. They're, they are pain and drug dealers. They create consumer goods that some of us laid down our lives for while they're laughing their asses off as they run to the bank with trillions of your dollars. Think about that. I don't remember the name of the chicken store. There's a there's a, a chicken sandwich store. I don't, know if it's, I don't remember the name of the company where people were standing in line. I did a, a podcast about this a couple years ago. Where people are standing in line killing each other, literally killing each other over a chicken sandwich. And no one ever thinks to think, is there something in the chicken that's so addictive that it makes us crazy enough to kill each other over a freaking chicken sandwich? No. People just want it. They just want it. I want it. It feels good. It tastes good. I want it. I want it. See, they create consumer goods that some of us will lay down our life for while they're laughing their asses off as they run to the bank with trillions of our dollars. They want you numb with consumer products, prescription pills, pornography, alcohol, cigarettes, and more. How much money are they making off of us? Now, what I did is I picked a few industries. I went to a website called Statista.com that keeps statistics on a whole bunch of different things. And I started off with the tobacco industry. And many of you smoke. Smoking has been pushed on us for a couple centuries now. And they've put products, they put nicotine in, they put all these addictive chemicals into the tobacco to make it impossible to put down. They see tobacco is more addictive than heroin. In 2020, the tobacco industry, in 2020, the value of the global tobacco market amounted to over six, I'm sorry, amounted to over 760 billion U.S. dollars. Now that, that says here that it's actually a decrease, a decrease of around 10 billion since 2019. These are numbers from 2020. Now, of course, that's a decrease because there's a huge, huge push to stop smoking. There's a big anti-smoking campaign worldwide because everybody knows it's bad for you. But almost a trillion dollars. Alcohol, the alcohol industry in 2020, the global market size of alcoholic beverages mounted, amounted to over 1.49 trillion U.S. dollars. Alcohol is one of the biggest biggest problems in the world alcoholism and alcohol alcohol addiction is in every country i'm sure here in america i think there are like 25 million uh, alcoholics i don't know where they get those numbers from because it's all supposed to be anonymous especially if you're an aa but 1.27 trillion dollars pornography 
Pornography, the pornography industry generates $12 billion in annual revenue. Now get this, that's larger than the combined annual revenues of ABC. These are the networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Of that, internet pornography industry generates $2.5 billion in annual revenue. So of the $12 billion, $2.5 billion of that is on the internet porn. And these pornography statistics are from family safe media. But it doesn't but these numbers don't account for the residual side effects and the damage created by pornography to relationships due to unrealistic unrealistic sexual expectations in relationships. But twelve billion dollars is spent in the pornography industry. And I, I can't begin to tell you how pornography ruined many of my relationships because as men, and I'll speak for most men in this country, we were introduced to pornography at a very young age. I saw my first penthouse magazine at the age of seven. And I'll never forget the photograph and I'll never forget what I saw between that lady's legs. I didn't know what that was between the lady's legs. I didn't know women had vaginas. It was kind of nasty looking. And I'm thinking, like, where's her penis? You know, I didn't know. I didn't know women. But anyway, it was a graphic picture. Lady with her legs spread wide open. Sitting in a window of an old barn. And that um, led me to look at more pornography when I was a preteen. And I, I kept getting into these relationships with women after reading stories in Penthouse Forum. And seeing all these videos and stuff my friends and I would rent, you know, in college. And I'd date someone and say, hey, you, you want to try? Why don't you lather me up in Crisco while we swing from chandeliers and you wear thigh-high boots? And the women are all like, why, why would you want me to do that? I, I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, don't, isn't that what you're into? I saw it in this one movie. You want to watch this movie that my friends and I were in? Oh, I guess so. And they'd watch it and they're like, that's really stupid. Why would you want me to do something like that in the bedroom? And and they, I would look at them like, you're, and then it took me years to figure out that Women aren't watching pornography. They weren't when I was a kid. They weren't when I was in college. They are now, you know, unfortunately. But it really screws up your mind, and it really ruins relationships. The pharmaceutical companies, the pharmaceutical industry at the end of 2020, the total global pharmaceutical market was valued at $1.27 trillion United States dollars. This is an increase from 2001 when the market was valued at just 390 billion US dollars. What is that a four time increase of four four times? In each of these things, the tobacco, the alcohol, pharmaceuticals, the pornography, I picked those four because they're four of the major quote narcotics unquote. And they're four other ways the corporate world, the corp corporatization of the world numbs you. They, they try to get you to buy these products. The products don't bring you happiness. They, they numb you with other things that literally keep you numb. They keep you living in the fantasy world. They want you locked in a fantasy world. They want you living in, a, in an alternate universe in your mind so you're not aware of what's going on around you. They sell you dreams to keep you occupied with pie-in-the-sky, unobtainable goals that keeps you frustrated and lonely and keeps you wanting to ingest more. They keep the carrot dangling in front of you, so you keep trying to get the carrot. You keep, oh, I got to get the carrot, I gotta, and you never get it. 
and you waste your whole life striving for things that most people never even obtain. Life in general is painful. I did a podcast on this a couple years ago. Life is born from struggle. And during conception of life, through mammals, where intercourse is involved, the male dispenses up to 8 billion, 9 billion sperm into the vaginal canal, vaginal canal. And of those 8 billion, 9 billion sperm, one makes it to the egg. And he has to dive headfirst into the egg to fertilize it. And the, and the egg is basically, the two of them basically transform into something else, right? There's nothing peaceful about life, the creation of life. It's born from struggle. Every living organism lives with pain and fear. If you look out your window, I mean, in in my area alone, here in Ohio, there used to be golf courses around me that once had forests in them. Well, somebody got an idea to knock down the forest and put in a golf course. What happened? <laughs> All the animals that lived in the forest were homeless, basically, and they had to uproot, they had to move, and they moved into our yards, raccoons, possum, um, deer, squirrels, you name it, coyotes. I've seen fox in our neighborhood, and, and everybody in my neighborhood is furious. That, you know, We live in an area that's right on the border of the metro parks, which is a protected area of land by the the county, the Cuyahoga County Metro Parks. So it's preserved so nobody can build there. And everybody here always complains about the animals running through the yards. Well, the deer ate my rose bushes. I think I'm going to go shoot a deer because I ate my rose bushes. You know, and these are upper middle class people that have Corvettes in the driveway. You would think they had, they'd have the ability to really rationally think a little bit like, I live on the edge of the metro parks where all the animals live, and they're tearing down all of the forests around us. Maybe there's a reason why the deer are running through our yards, because we're self-centered, egotistical human beings that are just destroying the habitat of the animals. We're destroying the world around us. But hey, it's the deer's, deer's fault my rose bushes are getting eaten. Maybe it's because the deer don't have any goddamn food anymore. All the animals are struggling to survive. A wolf doesn't get up in the middle of the night and go, you know, I wish I had a BMW. Life would be a lot better if I had a Gucci purse to put my squirrel heads in. Yeah. Squirrels don't get up and go, you know, I wish I, wish I had a backpack to put all these acorns in. wish I had a backpack for all my nuts. A squirrel gets up, a deer gets up, a coyote, whatever it happens to be, and they, from the day they, from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep, they're foraging for food. I mean, the squirrels, everyone thinks, oh, squirrels are so cute. Now they're running around the yard trying to survive so they don't get eaten by one of like my, my dogs or a hawk that's flying overhead. They're trying to gather nuts and stuff for hibernation, and they're building nests in all the trees around our houses out here. That doesn't sound like fun to me. They constantly have to be on the lookout for predators. They struggle to find shelter. They struggle to eat. They struggle to survive. That's life. That's real life. What we have as humans is self-absorbed pablum. 
It's just self-absorbed, egotistical, self-righteous bullshit. And, and they got us convinced that's what we're meant to have. We're meant to have all these fancy, nice things. The thing that I, I, I have the hardest time understanding is that in this country, in the United States, we came here to escape the tyranny of Great Britain hundreds of years ago. And when they wrote our Constitution and they started our new government, the power was supposed to be given to the people, quote, the people, unquote. It wasn't, we weren't supposed to be run by a tyrannical government like in Great Britain. We were supposed to have freedom of taxation, right to bear arms, all of this stuff. And the problem is with it, what's happened when it, since they created it up until now is the corporate world has exploded. And the corporate world now runs everything, especially here in this country. See, in, in our government, we have the legislative and the executive branch. We have the Senate, House of Representatives. We have all these congressmen and congresswomen that are supposed to represent us as the people. And we have so many, you know, I don't remember the number of people that are in the, in the Senate and the House. There's, I think, a couple hundred people or something like that. And they're supposed to be representing us. So if I don't want certain things to go a certain way, we call our senator or our congressman, whoever, hey, no, no, don't, don't vote for that. But the problem is all these senators and all these congressmen here in the United States have been bought and paid for by the major corporations that run the show. And it's through lobbyists. And they underhandedly and backhandedly and under the table, they'll, they'll call up Senator XYZ and say, hey, Senator XYZ, I understand you're going to vote um, pro-NRA. Well, we don't want you to. We want you to vote against the NRA and um, to spice up the deal a bit, <clears throat> we're going to offer to pay your kids college off and we'll do it all. We'll do it... Um, You'll, they'll launder the money somehow. But each and every one of these people are in the back pockets of some major corporation to push a certain agenda. So so it's taken all the power away from the people in this country, which is the point of my podcast today. The point is that we are the people. We are the power. They don't want you to know that, though. They don't want you to think you have any power. They don't want you. They want you completely and solely dependent upon the government and the corporations that control the government. So what do they do? They create pain. And then they create the solution to the pain, like 9-11. 9-11 was a totally orchestrated event. Three buildings fell in New York City on 9-11, but they only talk about two of them. But even the two that fell on video, on video, you can see that the top of the towers as they begin to fell, the buildings disintegrated. The steel vertical columns disintegrated and turned to dust. Hey, perfectly natural. I always see you steel perfectly just, just disintegrate into dust and fall in a nice neat little pile that's yeah sure why not everybody in this country most people believe that story hey a, a third building fell no you don't know that they, i told one guy recently building seven fell and had never been hit by a plane and i showed him a video of it he goes well it looks like it was imploded but you don't know when that building came down you don't know the truth behind that story 
Well, there's like 3,000 architects and engineers that say otherwise. And now there's veterans and all kinds of people. But no, nobody wants to know the truth because it hurts too much. And the government created that scenario. Why do you think they created that scenario? To control the people inside more, the people within our country, to control the people outside the country, and to be able to pick up our military and move it anywhere we want it, unabated by any foreign government, because what they saw on TV of those buildings falling made everybody go, Aw, poor America, come on, bring your army in. We don't care. Oh, you got your buildings knocked down? Yeah, I guess it was a horrible thing. It was a horrible thing. Please, please bring your tanks and your guns into our into the borders of our country. This is what you got to do to protect yourself from terrorists. They created the pain. And then they created the medicine for it. The medicine was to kill Saddam Hussein and, and the other guy. Saddam Hussein and um, I can't even remember him now. The guy that shot the AK-47 left-handed from Afghanistan. Oh, it doesn't matter. And then they say they got him and they buried him at sea. And this is the funny thing. I remember hearing this story that, you know, I, I thought there would be a funeral, there'd be a trial or something, and they'd capture him live. No, they shot him. They shot him through the head, and then they threw his body into the ocean because that's the way the Muslims, I heard, that's the way Muslims are meant to be buried, be buried at sea. And then I heard they did it because they didn't want any riots or didn't want his body dug up and drugged through the streets. You know, we don't know what really happened. They have all these computer animated models of what, what the SEAL Team 6 did that day. They put a bullet through. Um, God damn, what was that guy's name? Sorry, I'm drinking uh, some soda here. I, I keep wanting to say Barack Obama, but that's not the guy. Um, Afghanistan leader. I'll find it here, but Taliban. I you know I can't remember the man's name. But anyway, you know who I mean. The point I'm making here is you are the truth. All we have is each other. They don't want you to know that. They don't want us to be dependent upon each other. You see, I grew up in an alcoholic family where both my parents were severe alcoholics. My mother got sober in 1975, and as far as I know, my father never sobered up. I don't think he ever, ever stopped drinking. I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm just guessing. When he passed away, he he was not he was not sober, and in some families, tragedies like that and, and horrible environments will pull a family together, or it'll split it apart. And in my family, it split it apart, and we really needed to unite. My three siblings and myself—I'm the youngest of four—but it should have united us. But it split us up. Pretty much three against one, um, because I consider myself an only child. You know, I, I'm really not very close to my siblings, especially anymore. But um, one of my siblings I haven't spoken to in over 30, 30 years, 32 years. 
So what we need to do as a country or as a people of the earth is to unite. We need to realize that we are the truth. We are the people. And they don't want us to know the truth. They don't want us to know what's really going on out there and what's really... Um, preamble, preamble. You see, in the United States Constitution, they have this preamble which begins the United States Constitution was supposed to be the land of the law, but it's all been thrown aside. It's all been it's all been thrown out the window because the corporations run everything now. But it says, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Posterity, I'm sorry. Do ordain and establish the Constitution for the United States, so on and so forth. There's this whole bullshit paragraph, you know, about all this stuff. It wasn't bullshit at the time, but it is now. It says, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. You know, they, they have forgotten that we run the show. We're supposed to run it here, but we don't anymore. But we should be running the world, not just this country. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in India or Great Britain or Australia or France, wherever you happen to be. If it weren't for us, they wouldn't have industry. If it weren't for us, there would be no slaves. We're their slave. We're, each and every one of you, as I said in my previous podcast, doesn't matter the color of your skin. We're all bitches. We're all slaves. We're slaves of the corporations that run everything now. And until you stop buying the corporate shit that they're shoving down your throat, whether it's a Chia Pet or a Pet Rock or a new Buick or a, you know, a car that, you know, tickles your nipples and gives you a back massage, they're going to constantly own you. You're going to always be their bitch. You don't need 99% of this stuff. Do I need this cell phone? No, I've got this cell phone. I've got an iPhone 8. We, we refuse to buy the new iPhones because they're expensive and they lock you into long contracts. Because they want you in a contract. They want you a bitch. They want you to be a slave to the cell phone company and then to the cable company. As I had mentioned at the beginning of my, my podcast today, I had paid for Disney Plus so I could watch this new Beatles movie. But I'm being a hypocrite because I, I maintain we should stop buying Beatles music because the Beatles, from what I've seen in this Get Back movie, the Beatles sucked. There, I mean, and near the, especially near the end, they're just putting crap out there, just complete crap. I mean, let it be. The songs on there are like, they're all right. I don't hear these songs now that I see how they created them, and the songs are bullshit, and there was no real meaning to the songs. They were just kind of like shit songs they threw together in two weeks so they could fulfill a contract to get an album out and make a movie. You know, you got to stop buying their shit. But I did it anyway, so I could see it because I want kind of want to see what this new footage was. I'm still addicted to some of it. Maybe I should do a whole program on the Beatles. The Beatles are one of the most successful mark examples of marketing success in corporate history. Because what I saw of the Beatles in this studio in this movie, John Lennon was stoned out of his mind for the first. We've watched one and a half episodes. He's just blitzed out of his mind. He's got, you can see in his eyes. He's he's in another planet. 
Ringo's is there for a ride. George is pissed off because he's sick of being surrounded by all these people that don't listen to him. And Paul's running this show. I don't know. But, but the point is, to the whole thing, is you are in control. You are the truth. All we have is each other. Because I can tell you this. Bullets start flying or whatever they decide to attack us with. Another COVID strain. It's always a new COVID strain. All we have is each other. They're not going to come and help us. When is the last time the government came to help us? They claim they came up with a, a vaccine. Let me ask you this. If this is a manufactured virus from some lab in Wuhan, they had to have an antidote for it. They had to come up with the antidote. They had to have a, a vaccination, especially they're going to use it for mil militarily. Because they usually come up with an antidote before they dis disperse it or send it out amongst troops or, or the enemy. And all of a sudden they've got this magical, this magical vaccine and everybody wants it. They're giving it to us for free. The government never gives out anything for free. I know people that lost feelings in their hands and their feet when they got that vaccine. The feeling returned after about two weeks. Eric Clapton, the famous guitar player, he lost all feeling in his hands and feet when he got the vaccination. Now he's anti-vax. Turn it all off. Turn off Facebook. Turn off Twitter. Turn it all off. Find yourself. Find that silence. Find that peacefulness. Find your friends. Help the lady out across the street and needs her grass cut. Maybe there's an elderly lady that can't get to the grocery store. Ask her if you can go buy her groceries for her and bring them to her. Go help some older people understand how to use the internet. We've got to work with each other. We've got to stop listening to the government. Stop listening to the corporate world that runs the government. You don't need a new iPhone. You don't need a new Tesla that tickles your nipples and rubs your back. You don't need all these new fancy shiny things that they want to distract you with. Life is painful. You've got to learn to deal with the pain and cope with it on your own. Cope with it. Go forward in life. I, uh, I'm P.T. Pop. This is a mind revolution where I attempt to lead you out of the rabbit hole one grain of truth at a time. Check out my documentary, The Artist, a documentary. It's now for sale on Vimeo and on my website, theartistadocumentary.com. Check out my books and my um, YouTube channel, especially after I told you to get off the internet. Yeah. But, uh, hey, there's a little hypocrite in all of us, isn't there? I'm just trying to make, make the ends meet. I'm trying to make some money at this. But I hope you all have a good day, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.